stay tuned for my next Hi, everyone. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here with me today on Authors on the Air. It's been a while since I've been in the in the radio studio, but I'm glad to be back. I hope you are all doing well, staying safe, keeping warm if you're in the snow, and keeping cool if you're in the sun. My guest today is Dr. Anthony Gomez. He is a professor of medicine at the Mount Sinai Medical Center in, in New York City. He has published more than 150 articles in cardiovascular medicine and two textbooks of cardiology. We're going to talk a little bit about those, but more important than that, Dr. Gomez has written a romance novel um, called About Have a Heart. And so we are going to also talk to Dr. Gomez about that and his love not only of medicine, but of writing fiction books. Dr. Antonio Gomez, welcome to Authors on the Air. Thank you very much for having me. It's a great pleasure. I'm certainly honored. Oh, I'm honored to have you, sir. First of all, I, I want to just talk to you about your background in cardiology. Um, you've written quite a few professional texts on study of vasca, uh, cardiovascular disorders and disease and seem to be kind of an expert on a lot of different things, uh, particularly heart rhythm disorders. So um, can you tell me, was it always your dream to be a doctor? Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's a good question. I think that, uh, uh, you know, when I was nine years old, I had a flu or something like that, and uh, uh, the doctor examined me, and uh, I asked him if I could uh, use his stethoscope, and he was very nice to me. You know, this was a general practitioner, and uh, he gave me a stethoscope and put the diagram of the stethoscope on his own heart. And I heard for the first time, you know, the lub-dub of the heart. Sure. And since that time, I was sort of romantically attached to the heart and wanted to become a cardiologist. <laughs> How wonderful. What a great experience. I kind of sort of remember my pediatrician, although he's long gone now, and he was very kind. He was one of those doctors who made house calls. So yeah. Yeah, that was a long time ago, Dr. Gomez, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So besides writing scholarly works, you've also taken a great interest in writing fiction. Where did that come from? Yeah, you know, um, I think genetically I am a born writer. And I went into academic uh, medicine, cardiology, and I super specialized in cardiac electrophysiology, and I'm one of the pioneers in the field. And uh, I think that I uh, went into academics because I love to write, and I had to contribute something, think about something, do a research protocol, write about it. And I think that um, uh, I did not feel very achieved after I became a doctor, and when I saw my first manuscript in print, 
that is the time that I felt that I had accomplished something. I had contributed to the medical literature. Now, when I was in college, I did write poetry. But, you know, once you enter medical school, uh, forget about You forget about everything because it's very intense. Sure. And, uh, you have no time to read novels, fiction, poetry. Then in 1989, my wife passed away of cancer. And I think that uh, that was a very difficult time for me. Uh, I had a six-year-old daughter. And uh, one fine day, I think uh, a year, a year and a half later, I sat, sat down and wrote an ode to my wife who had passed away. And since that day, I have never stopped writing. Uh, obviously, I had to gain sort of study literature, study poetry, because, you know, uh, there was a big break of uh, more than 20 years where I didn't read anything, read any novels or read any um, poetry. I was busy uh, specializing in medicine, cardiology, cardiac electrophysiology, and my professional career. So it's now, I think, about 20 years that I've been writing, and I've written two collections of poetry. I've written three novels now. This is the third novel, Have a Heart. And, uh, and now I'm semi-retired, and I have much more time to write and actually, I have just written another book uh, on medicine, but it is more for lay people, and it is titled Rhythms of Broken Hearts. <laughs> it's a very poetic title, and it brings together medicine, art, and literature. Wow. So, yeah. You were a and, born writer for sure. That it's, it's in, your, in your DNA. That you need exactly. to write. Yeah. Exactly. You're, 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 you're no different from most of the writers I speak to because they say, I have to write. I must write. And um, you just happen to be a brilliant cardiologist on top of that. So um, good for you. I'm glad you're following your heart. Isn't that interesting to, um, to write fiction as well? So, what did I want to talk about? Have a heart. This is yes. This is a romance, right. um, and, and it's a very interesting romance. Is it the first time you've written in the romance genre? Uh, no, no. Uh, you know, my first novel, uh, The Sting of Peppercorns, uh, it's historical, but there was there is always romance, and and in this. In this novel, uh, Have a Heart, it's a contemporary literary novel, and it deals with the intertwined lives of three individuals. It is almost entirely set in New York from 1998 to 2001, ending a few months after 9-11. There are a few elements that occur in foreign countries, like in Pakistan, in St. Petersburg, Russia, Las Vegas, Nevada, and Machu Picchu in Peru, but most of it is in New York. And the three main protagonists include Anna, a Russian ballerina, 
who defects to America, she develops heart failure, survives sudden cardiac death, and ultimately is in need of a heart transplant. Her doctor uh, turns out to be Dr. Ali, uh, who is a, a physician in the heart transplant program, and uh, that is his wife, uh, Nancy. Uh, the novel obviously explores the romantic and professional lives of three individuals. The clash of cultures, because there are three different cultures here. There is the, there is the Russian culture, uh, Ali's culture, uh, and uh, his American wife. Uh, so, uh, also, it deals with the political upheavals of our times uh, and the tribulations of waiting for a heart transplant. And, of course, um, I'm not going to go into it too much because uh, that is for the reader. You don't want end, to spoil it. Yes. I don't want to spoil it. At the end, there is 9-11. Uh, it's a fascinating novel which deals with heart transplant. So you see, uh, there is the professional as well as the personal lives of these three individuals, as well as there is religion, uh, there is food <laughs> in, the, in the novel, and obviously there is romance as well. Um, Dr. Gomez, where did you get your inspiration for this novel? Well, I think that, well, I had written a poem, uh, you know, many years ago. And uh, the poem was titled Waiting for a Heart Transplant. Uh But uh, I never published the poem because I think that the poem did not really do justice to the whole subject. You see, being a cardiologist and cardiac electrophysiologist, I have dealt with patients who are waiting for a heart transplant. And they go to uh, their trials and tribulations, and uh, the suffering is quite intense, you know, because it uh, they take such a long time to get a heart. And a lot of them would die, actually, waiting sure. to get you see, so I had firsthand experience, and I thought that I would explore it in a novel because I don't think there is a novel that deals with this in a way that I can deal with it, uh, you know, because I deal with patients, you know, so I have firsthand information as well as I am cognizant of their suffering and of their of them and of their families and so on. So I yes. think that the idea came from the poem that I wrote with my experience. You know, uh, it's it's interesting that I have realized after I my wife died, and more so it happened at that time. That as a physician, I'm uh, you know we are very fortunate because uh, a doctor. Uh, it's not only does he deal with medical science, but also he deals with humanity and, um, uh, you know, and psychology of the patient. Uh, 
So there is an element uh, of science as well as humanity, you know, in uh, in medicine. And there are unbelievable stories, and uh, you can really uh, to explore these things in fiction is simply wonderful. I it's bet. Great... Now, I want to ask you some, some other questions. Um, one of your main characters, Anna, who is waiting for the heart, is a Russian ballerina. Are you an aficionado of the ballet by any chance? Yes, I am. Uh, you know, <laughs> As uh, my my current wife is half Russian, uh, she and half Armenian, but she is sort of even more Russian. And as you know, ballet comes from Russia. I did go to ballet uh, in the past, but after I met my wife, she introduced me to ballet in a rather special way, and I got this idea. So uh, right in the first chapter. Uh, Anna is dancing in, at Lincoln Center, you know, at the Metropolitan. Mm-hmm. And it's one of my favorite ballets, um, the Swan Lake. Swan Lake, yes. I've seen it many yeah. times. It's beautiful. Yeah. And then you should read the novel. I don't know. You, maybe you already did. Uh, I have uh, read but, it. Uh, when your publicist sent it, it invited and requested an interview, I read the book already. So I'm not giving any spoilers here. But I love the ballet. I love the ballet yeah. and the opera and and all of those things. So I'm I'm yeah. right there with you. Even though I live in Florida, we do have we have a wonderful ballet in Miami, the Miami City Ballet. Yeah, I know. I know. So you see, what happened is that I got this idea. Uh, so uh, she collapses right during the performance. And it so happened that uh, Ali is in the audience, and he doesn't know her, but she's admitted to the hospital, and the next day he's called on a consultation to see her in the, in the coronary care unit. And he, both of them, he's sort of surprised. He realized who she is, you know, because she, he actually saw her dance the evening right. before and uh, saw her collapse, actually. And that's how their relationship starts. Now, I have to tell you that uh, what, uh, just to divest a little bit, what is what I find most fascinating, at least in writing literary fiction, is that I don't have a plot. In all my writing, I don't have a plot. I know the beginning. I sort of know that, like in this novel, I knew I knew that there was going to be a heart transplant. But beyond that, I don't have a plot. So the the characters actually take control of me, you know, and and the story, the arc of the story, and the story develops. As I'm writing, so the I, I think that that's very. I think that that's a common thing. Um, yeah. You 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 are writing down what your characters are telling you to say, correct? Whatever exactly. their movements and their their mannerisms and their actions and their dialogue comes to you through your characters, correct? Absolutely. I, I think that's the organic way of writing, and more and more writers I know actually um, are interested in that. That's the way they like to, it's a, yeah. that's the way their it, stories come together. 
I found that, uh, you know, coming from science, from medical science, where I've written so many, so much, I found that most fascinating. And actually, it is so fascinating because even now when I read the novel, you know, there's some parts of it I said, wow, did I write this? How did it come to me? <laughs> and I can't really give you an explanation. You know, it's it's at that moment when I, when you're writing that things just flow or occur or the characters take take you know take it on themselves. I would imagine the difference between writing um, medical journals and medical texts is so different because you actually have to look at research and have your index and your appendices and, and everything else in front of you. You've got, you're not writing fiction. You are writing nonfiction. That's critical information, both to physicians right. and patients. But right. when you write your fiction, you really are, are unfreed from those bonds that are, keep you in place when you're writing me- medical text, correct? Yeah, this is, you know, it gives you total freedom as well. Now, I have to tell you something, that after you have written the first draft, then you go back and then you take control. You know, you you have to, there is a lot of rewriting and rewriting and rewriting and revising and so on and so forth. So that, that, at that stage, you do take control, but the whole thing is already shaped up, and you know sure. you modify things. You you say that you know this doesn't uh, fit this character really, and you have to change or whatever. So that 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 goes into the revision processes. Yeah, I I think it's wonderful that you do this. There are you know your left and your bright right brain are working kind of harmoniously together. So you are fulfilling your professional need, even though you're semi-retired, but you're also fulfilling your creative side between writing fiction and writing poetry. Um, You must feel very fulfilled um, having accomplished those things. Not many people get to, uh, you know, use their left and right brain in a matter that makes them complete. Uh, that's true. I uh, I'm uh, very happy actually that I have this, you know, uh, this quality. I'm grateful that I have it. So it's for me, uh, I don't know whether you know this, but uh, academic doctors, particularly New New York, I don't know what it is in Florida. Uh, the, a lot of academic doctors they don't want to retire. And they don't want to retire because they don't know what to do with their time. And, you know, every morning, uh, almost all their life, they have gotten up at uh, 5 o'clock, 5.30 in the morning and gone to work. And they have done that for all their life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the the hosts in the network that I work in, um, he is a – he says he's semi-retired, but he is a surgeon, and he also writes. He writes um, thrillers. He has a couple different series, and he's very successful at it. And he's very well known in the writing community. He actually has um, he has consulted on television and movies um, from scenes that involve medicine and all. So, I think okay. that 
everyone needs to have a left and a right brain. You need to be analytical, but you also need to be fanciful as well, don't you think? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Now, is your daughter creative also, Dr. Gomez? Uh, she is a nurse. No, she is. Uh, she is too busy. She has four kids, and she lives in Georgia. And she has no desire to write or have a, a creative side? Uh, not at this time. I think she's too busy with she's four kids. too busy with four kids. That would do it. Yeah. That would, I'd, I'd want to escape into writing to, to get away from the four kids for a while. But that's a handful, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. What is your next project, Dr. Gomez? Well, I, I'm writing, uh, you know, two two uh, novels. Uh, well, I just, uh, as I told you, I just finished uh, writing uh, this book, uh, uh, Rhythms of Broken Hearts, which actually, as I said, uh, it's going to be published by Springer Nature. Uh, and... Uh, they have given me a lot of freedom in terms of uh, the what is that the sketch of the book and the the way it's going to be you know be projected as a book and uh, uh, the book is written for a lay audience so there is science but the science is somewhat watered down and there is art and literature. Uh, and uh, that book should come out uh, sometime in, in summer. I've just sent all the chapters, and I will be sending the, what is that, uh, the notes and the bibliography tomorrow. Yes. In awesome. the meanwhile, yeah, and in the meanwhile, I'm writing two novels. Uh, one is a novella. And it's titled A Doctor Delirium. <laughs> Sounds <It> interesting. Is, <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a little bit of. Uh, it, it is a little bit dark, but it's it's funny as well, uh, because the doctor has some mental issues, and I am also writing a novel on COVID. You know, and it is uh, the title of that is. Um, is uh, uh, love and death in times of coronavirus. But that yeah. uh, is too raw at this time. So right. I don't think that people are ready. You know, the pandemic is not over. Right. And, uh, and I don't think uh, that people are ready uh, to face, uh, face that because uh, it has I been... I think you're right. I, I think you're right. A lot of people have written books about COVID, whether it's um, nonfiction or fiction. And I have to tell you, having been on, being on lockdown for a year now, a little over a year, it is not something I want to read about because I know too many people have been sick. I know too many people who have died. And I just got my first vaccination. And so I'm not ready to even discuss it, you know, with anyone in any kind of creative endeavor. Um, yeah, I, I, I will be happy true. when I get my second vaccination so I can go and see my family who've all been vaccinated uh, and, you know, and kind of slip into some kind of a, a new normal. But, yes, I think you're right. I, I can discuss it with my friends, 
But to have a discussion on on the radio or on television about it is a little raw right now, uh, you yeah. know. So I, I'm I I agree with you. I think you were making a very wise choice. Yeah, I my you know my agent told that I told her she said, "Oh, write it soon, write it soon." I started writing, and I think I've written 100 pages, and I stopped because I think that, uh, you know, it is not the right time. You can, I can write it, but keep it, you know, write it or, and then revise it. But I think that it's too raw for people. You know, it's too painful to it, read it's something. It's still happening, though, right? I mean, you, you can't still, have – you know, we're still seeing – long COVID coming around and we're still seeing variants. Yeah. Your story would not be complete, would it? Uh, yeah, well, you see, it can be complete because, you know, because at the end, uh, there are characters and things happen to the characters. So there is a I doctor, see. you know, so things happen and you make things happen. So you can use, sure. you know, the experience or whatever some somebody will get a bad situation, somebody will die, somebody will recover, right. some, you know, so you can do all that. But I think that it's still too raw. See, uh, it is interesting that uh, since this novel, Have a Heart, has 9-11, it's exactly 20 years after 9-11. Right. And, you know, there was a, there was a British, a famous British novelist, Ian McKean, who yes. uh, once gave a reading, uh, and he said that uh, novels uh, regarding 9-11 will come some 20 years later. And actually, in one of the interviews that I had, uh, the, the person, the interviewer, asked me that your novel is exactly 20 years later. <laughs> and I said that the, the thing is that I told her that uh, it is not written. I didn't write this now. I've been writing it for several years, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, but it came out now, you know. Yeah. And uh, I think that uh, I will continue writing, but I don't think that uh, it is ready for for prime time. Yeah. You'll know, you'll know in your gut when it's time. You'll know. You this is right. not your first rodeo. So, Dr. Gomez, do you have a website or a place where we can go and, and direct people uh to yes. to see your books and your work? Can you please tell us what it is? Yeah, it's uh, uh my website is uh Jay Anthony Gomes uh, uh aka Antonio Gomes uh yeah. website. That's it. Okay. And they can, and as you know, Have a Heart is available on Amazon. It's available on, in Barnes & Noble as well. Wonderful. It was a, just a pleasure talking to you. It's so refreshing to speak to someone who's following their passion, both um, professionally and in their private life. Thank you so much for being with me. Thank you. Thank you. It was a great pleasure, and I'm certainly honored to uh, to speak with you and uh, uh, have a wonderful evening. And Thank stay you. You too. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much for being with me. It was a pleasure. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening, folks. I really appreciate it. And thank you, Mom and Dad. Have a great day.